I'm your host, Grayson Brulte. Welcome to another episode of SAE Tomorrow Today, a show about emerging technology and trends in mobility with the leaders and innovators who make it all happen. On today's episode, we're absolutely honored to be joined by Jill Sanchez, Director of Sustainability, Deer & Company. On today's episode, Jill and I will discuss how Deer is embracing tech innovation for a more sustainable future. We hope you enjoy this episode. Jill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here today. It's great to have you here, plain and simple. Nothing runs like a deer. You make incredible tractors, incredible equipment that allows the farmers of the world to make yummy food so we can all have yummy tummies. Your focus on sustainability, it's a big, it's a big part of, of farming and agriculture. How is deer approaching sustainability? One of the things that people still are really surprised about when they dig in and understand more about what we're doing at John Deere and in agriculture is how much technology is behind those big green machines out in the field. So, you know, as we think about sustainability and the impact that we can have, it's really driven by that technology roadmap. How can we take each step of our producers' jobs and make them more efficient, more precise, and in doing so, we can deliver it in a more sustainable way. You're doing that, but I have to give a shout out to your, your corporate dev team. You've made some of the best acquisitions in the history of corporate business, the way that you, when you bought Blue River and you got the Sea and Spray, you bought Bear Flag, your team is just, it's running like a deer. It's running this really well-positioned machine. Staying on the, the Sea and Spray theme here, what role is Deer's Precision Tech playing in sustainability approach? It seems that you're saving chemicals for farmers, you're you're saving plastics. You know, there's a lot of sustainability when you really pull back the curtain and understand what you're doing with sea and spray. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you if you take a step back and you say, okay, what what does sea and spray really do? And 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 really it's it's that bucket of of precision uh, technology that we're working on. Prior to this generation of technology, what the technology allowed was when, when a grower was taking care of their field, right? So, so there's several steps throughout the growing cycle where you really have to care for that crop, right? And there's multiple reasons that a grower needs to do that. And one of those is making sure that weeds and other pests in the field don't take over so that the crop can't grow to its maximum potential. And the way the technology allowed you to do that previously was you had to drive through the field and broadcast apply those those herbicides to make sure you got rid of the weeds but that was applying it everywhere in the field now we've got advancements in technology such that with sea and spray the machine can drive through the field still you know fairly fast for agricultural standards right we're talking you know 10 miles an hour through through the field and with you know computer vision and machine learning that machine can identify and spray only the weeds in the field. So if you think about going from broadcast application where the entire area was being applied to now, really just identifying, okay, here in this spot, there's a weed, I'm gonna react and apply herbicide there to kill that weed. It's incredibly powerful. And, and there's a multitude of benefits here, right? If you think about just even from the economic side, starting there for the producer, one of the biggest costs on, on their income statement every year is inputs, right? So purchasing those herbicides that need to be applied out in the field. So with sea and spray, if you can apply less and only apply it to the weeds in the field, that's the potential of, of cost savings for the producer. And then the idea that if you're just applying those chemicals to the weeds, that's a lot less going out 
on the healthy plants, on the soil, and you have those environmental benefits as well. So incredibly powerful technology that, that we launched here over the last couple of years. At its core, do you consider Deer a tech company because all the advancements that you're making that's having a positive impact on your customer, the farmer? Yeah, I would say we are uh, more and more a tech company every day. And you you see us a lot more in, in conversations where all of a sudden, if you're talking about autonomy and you're talking about some of the most advanced technologies, deers in that conversation. Now, what's interesting is we still have to do some of the core things really, really well. We have to make quality equipment that can, can withstand really rigorous jobs every day as well. So, you know, we're doing both things, but I would say we are, you know, a tech-enabled company. And the future of what we're able to do in terms of providing value to customers is going to be through our technology innovation, right? So, you know, it used to be, we talk a lot about how it used to be bigger, faster, stronger was really sort of how how agriculture was going particularly. But even, you know, we, we also have an entire construction and forestry and road building business as well, and it was similar there. And now we're getting to a stage where it's really about precision application. It's about making the job more efficient, making it easier for our producers to execute that job. And that all comes through technology and innovation. Yeah, and I know your road building side very well. You're saving lives. The way that you're designing the equipment when they're out there paving the roads of our nation with your autonomous technologies, you're limiting those those potential fatalities that happen there. So you're doing good for the environment, but you're doing good for society as a whole, especially what we're seeing there with the road builders and getting back to sustainability, it's not just the typical farm or your listener thinks, oh, farm, well, we, we grow pumpkins or we grow corn or we grow uh, some sort of crop. You're also working to reduce emissions on dairy farms. Deer's introducing the Milk Sustainability Center next summer. High five and cheers for that. I'd like to have an ice cream right now, but we can talk about that <laughs> offline. How is this program going to help farmers increase the efficiency and sustainability of their operations? And then for me being me, will my ice cream taste better? <laughs> Doubtful that you're going to see an impact in flavor, but uh, no, it's it's really exciting. You know, when we launched our new strategy back in 2020, um, we, we refer to it as the smart industrial strategy. And one of the core elements of that is focusing on our customers' production systems. And so what does that mean? It means we're not just selling customers a tractor or a combine or a piece of equipment, right? through the best-in-class equipment that we offer, as well as the technology that we layer on that and our digital platform, we are really looking to help our customers optimize their entire production system or production cycle, right, from start to finish. So the Milk Sustainability Center and that partnership is a really good example of that. So what are we doing there? It's about data insights to help our customers manage uh, more of that nutrient cycle as you think about raising the animals and caring for the animals that are, are producing that dairy output that it, that has a lot of different elements to it, right? It's, it's inputs into the animals, which is crops you're growing. It's outputs from the animals and managing that. It's fertilization out in the field. And so it's really about that data side and that nutrient management as you think about that full production cycle for, for our growers. So really exciting stuff. Tons of opportunity for optimization there. And as you mentioned, then there's also environmental impacts. There's opportunities for greenhouse gas emission management. And, and again, we're always thinking about and really important for, for our producers is that economic side as well and making that, you know, some, an opportunity to unlock better economics for them. 
Are you able to unlock the sustainability, the efficiency, and the economics from the data that you're gathering, that you're putting in the farmer's hands so they can make the decisions that have the best impact on their farms? Absolutely. That's that's the goal, right? So it's it's one thing to have the machines that are out there operating and executing the job. The second is to have the technology on there that's that's making it more efficient while they're doing that. But the third is our, our John Deere Operations Center, which is the digital platform that then collects all of that data for the, the grower, the producer, and allows them to then have visibility to those insights and enable decision-making for that next growing cycle or that next production cycle. So we're working on new features added into the Operations Center all the time, um, new sustainability types of features. We also offer our growers and producers the ability to connect into you know, hundreds of of other programs. If they they have other programs that they want to use, export their data to run prescriptions, then re-import those in to to execute on the machine. So, absolutely, the data platform is is where we um, you know aim to give our growers the ability to make decisions to become you know more profitable, more productive, more sustainable. Giving the the, the farmers all this data. What type of efficiency gains have you seen? Have you gotten a phone call? You're never going to believe we're able to cut our emissions by X or we increased our crop by Y. Have you have you gotten those phone calls and those inbounds from the farmers that are that are harnessing the data for the power of good? Yeah, so I think we're still in the early days of being able to translate into um, overall picture of greenhouse gas emission savings. That That's something that we're working on and, and working to provide those insights. But what we see a lot is our growers are able to, to really um, look at, they can look at yield maps and understand um, how they're caring for their land in terms of that growing cycle, how that's impacting their yields and, and that's directly impacting their profitability. They can look at, you know, over time they can can look at, hey, this certain area, no matter how I care for it, it sort of has a, it tops out at a certain yield. So now I can optimize and reduce inputs there because putting more inputs there isn't going to necessarily yield more. So they can manage that. And and so just, you know, those are just a, a couple of, of insights, right, that that lead to over time, they're making better and, and, and more effective decisions about their overall, um, you know, farm management. And that can then translate into, okay, what what does that long-term sustainability journey look like? So, you know, another piece that we're looking at is in the sustainability world, there's been a lot of, I'll say, churn and talk about different types of new programs, right, around agriculture and sustainability. And, hey, is there even the ability to unlock new value from sustainability? And, and that's really early days. And we're, we're doing a lot of work to understand that better for our growers. Um, but, but one of the ideas is things like, you know, integrating things like reduced tillage or integrating things like cover crops. As our growers might be exploring that, how can we help them document that into the John Deere Operations Center through that documentation process, delivering them insights, and then also delivering them the ability to sort of prove that out to some of these programs that they might be able to gain value from in the future. So if there is at some point the ability to get premium pricing on your crop to go into a a biofuels market, or if there is the ability to be paid for carbon sequestration in your soil, we want to be able to give them the ability to 
you know, make easier decisions along the way while they're trying to manage that, but then also be able to prove that out at the end. And so, you know, as I said, still early days on that journey. And we want to make sure as, as you know, we're kind of on this journey with our customers. But I think some really interesting things as sustainability becomes more and more of, of a topic and a place where there's potential value unlock. Well, it might be early days, but you're unlocking the value today and you're going to unlock the value tomorrow. And I want to emphasize and highlight, it's not a press release for you. You're actually doing it. You have a you're rooted in a deep series called Leap Ambitions. That's your your found foundation of what you're going. You, you showed it to Wall Street. You published an annual sustainability report. As I said it, it's not a press release. It's something that Deer truly cares about. Your, your CEO even publicly talks about it a lot with Deer sustainability. There, what are Deer's Leap Ambitions? Absolutely. So I mentioned prior that we launched a new strategy in 2020 called our Smart Industrial Strategy. And once we launched that and really started to think about, you know, how how sustainability fits into that, how we want to think about, you know, what is the future of what our business looks like through the offering of technology? And then also, you know, what what does a sustainable financial future for us look like? We launched our Leap Ambitions in early 2022. And the Leap Ambitions are a series of goals, but but really there's kind of three key areas to it. It's really rooted in the starting point of our Leap Ambitions is where can we unlock value for customers? And uh, we, we call that our incremental addressable market. But really what it is is starting um, from the ground up as we're looking at any opportunity to invest in a new solution. It's where, how does that unlock value for our customers? Because the sustainability of their businesses is, is really the, the foundation, right? And then we're looking at um, different ways through uh, delivering on certain technology goals that we can ultimately drive outcomes. And those outcomes are about, you know, optimizing the inputs that our, our producers utilize. It's about reducing greenhouse gas emissions of both, you know, what's happening out in the field, as well as we're committed to gr- reducing greenhouse gas emissions in our own operations. Um, thinking about things like uh, circularity and, and the holistic life cycle of our products. And then also we have some, some financial performance goals as well that we're looking, um, because that's important so we can continue to invest in the future of of the technology journey we're on without a grounding in economics we wouldn't be having this conversation today it's very it's very simple it seems like and i love how you have the the leap ambition for the deer and they're very very clever on the the branding there how as a company are you working collectively together to achieve these lamp ambitions as it go across different divisions different technologies different interests how is deer collectively working to achieve these goals and I get asked this question quite a bit because, um, you know, my my role and my title is Director of Sustainability, but I'll tell you, sustainability and, and what we're doing on the LEAP ambitions and, and making our customers, you know, more productive, profitable, and sustainable is happening across the entire business. So that that's happening everywhere from our aftermarket team, which is looking at, you know, retrofit and getting the latest and greatest technology on the installed base that's already out there in the field. It's our production precision ag teams, small ag and turf teams, which are looking at, hey, what what are the next, um, you know, products and, and, and the technologies that might go with it that un- unlock value for our growers. It's our intelligent solutions group, which is looking and, and producing all of 
all of that technology stack that gets layered on our equipment. It's our operations teams and our factories making us more efficient and, and, and looking at opportunities to improve our, our footprint. It's our people team that's really, really important as we think about delivering on our LEAP ambitions, our human resources team and, and you know the effort that they have to say, hey, what's the talent that John Deere needs to really start, you know, move into the future? What, what sort of skill sets do we need? Knowledge bases do we need? Where do we need people so that we can deliver on all of this? So our leap ambitions literally touch every single function in the company. And I think that's what, what's exciting about it is that no matter where you look or where you sit, I always hope that everybody can see how they connect into at least one part, if not multiple parts of, of what we're doing with the leap ambitions. That's fantastic. Is it some of your, your colleagues, is it where their personal interests are that they can perhaps help with that ambition? You might be in engineering, but yet you have a passion for farms and you want and you really want to help engage there. Then perhaps they roll up their sleeves. Is that how that works? Absolutely. I mean, we've got so many passionate people working on different aspects of this, right? We've got people that are, I mean, so many people are passionate about agriculture and, and as well as, again, I want to make sure, you know, we've got a great construction business and road building business and forestry, right? We've got a multitude of different subsets of customers that we serve and many, many people who are really close to our customer base really understand the challenges that they're facing that are they, they passionately show up every day to work to solve those problems for our customers. We have people that are super passionate about technology that believe you know that is truly the future. And so they, they are coming every day to be able to deliver solutions through technology. We have people very, very passionate about sustainability. I mean, I think you know, sustainability really is integral to what we're doing as a company. If you think about precision technology making agriculture, construction, road building more efficient, more precise, that really is sustainability. You know, they're, they're sort of one in the same. So, uh, you know, I would say we've got people, an amazing workforce across the globe that show up every day and are um, super creative, talented, and really rooted in this purpose of, of helping our customers do their job and the higher purpose of what our customers are really trying to do in, in, in deliver, you know, food, fuel, fiber for the world. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a really fortunate position to be in to be part of that team every day. It's a great position to be in. You, you have a really good understanding of, of the global economy for, for all the services that you, you provide. One of the ambitions inside Leap Ambitions I'm really curious about is engaged acres. How What is that ambition and what impact is it having on the environment? Yeah, so engaged acres is really sort of, a will say, more of um, uh, an internal metric that we look at as, as deer to measure the breadth of the impact that our technology has had so far at this point. So as we started developing technology and layering that onto our equipment, we started looking at, okay, how do we measure, you know, the impact we're having so far? And so we started looking at, okay, what are the unique acres out there in the world that are utilizing John Deere technology and documenting that through the, the John Deere Operations Center? So we're at we're in the hundreds of millions of acres at this point in time, which is a, a pretty awesome metric. And we've set a goal for ourselves to get to 500 million. And so it's, it's really about, okay, are 
are we having an impact from a, you know, making sure we're getting technology across as many acres as we can, right? The other part of the LEAP ambitions that's important that we, we've transitioned to more recently is then measuring um, the depth of our uh, impact on those acres, right? So not just do we have a technology operating on that acre, but how much is is that technology being engaged? How many passes are John Deere technologies being utilized on? And then, so we're looking at highly engaged acres and we're looking at sustainably engaged acres as well to try to measure our impact. And, and really that's, those are metrics that we look at to say, okay, are we making progress? Are we getting technology deployed out there so that we can eventually see some of those outcomes that we're looking to deliver for our growers in terms of optimizing their inputs and 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 reducing some of the environmental impact that goes down to what we talked earlier about data is the backbone or data data is the foundation to make the right proper decisions yep we, we talked we talked a lot about the farm but i'm curious for the leap ambitions does that extend across the portfolio from agriculture to construction to, to road building it sends it completely across the organization it does absolutely. So, if you look at our leap ambitions, you kind of see the this middle section where we actually have specific goals for each of our, our three main divisions. So, we've got production precision ag, we've got small ag and turf, and construction forestry and road building, road building, which are our three main divisions. And what you see is on the production precision ag side, that's where you see our goals around engaged, highly and sustainably engaged acres. And we are the most mature on our technology journey in that that division of the company. That's where we really started our technology journey. And so that's where you see us really focused on growing the breadth of that impact, as well as the depth of, of utilization of technology on, on every acre. If you look at our small egg and turf goals, you'll see that there we're looking more at sort of the, the foundational technologies that we need to unlock you know, future expansion of technology in that part of the business. So connectivity is really core. Most of the technologies that we offer, um, connectivity to the machine is critical so that that technology works, is enabled and connects so that the data can flow back to the John Deere Operations Center. So that's something you see us really focused on in small egg and turf. And then similar in construction and forestry, we're earlier days on the technology journey. So you see us focused on getting higher adoption of some of the technologies we have out there. And then we'll be looking to Part of our strategy is to take the successes we've had in the production precision ag side of the business and start to leverage some of those same technologies over into the other two divisions. So absolutely, you know, our goals touch all of our business, um, want to make sure we're seeing the impact across all of our customers. You're going to have happy customers. Then. That, that, that's the bottom line. You're surely going to have happy customers because if you look at agriculture versus, versus forestry versus robo, they're all, they're all different applications, but they all have unique nuances about their businesses. Perhaps there's something that your technology team uncovers and role building can be applied to forestry or applied to agriculture. Just you just you, you never know. And that's really fascinating. And frankly, it, it, it's very interesting. So I'm going back to agriculture because I want to put all the pieces together of what you said, we're going to put it in the blender and we're going to make something good here. Yummy. There we go for our tummies. <laughs> how How is Deer helping farmers unlock the value of sustainability? Is it, do they call you up and say, hey, Jill, we, we want to become the world's most sustainable farm. How can Deer help us? Or is there a process? What does that look like? 
Yeah, it's, I'd say it's a mix of different things today, depending on our customer, which customer we're serving, right? So we have, um, I might, you know, start this example actually in the construction side of the business. We're seeing more and more that our construction customers, when they're bidding on jobs, there are certain requirements that they have to meet in terms of sustainability um, in order to bid for that job. And so they're looking to Deer to say, hey, what solutions do you have um, that I can utilize um, so that when I submit this bid, I'm I'm meeting the requirements? Or the other piece of it is, you know, how can you help me measure the impact so that I I can show that, you know, when I'm completing this job? And and we have technologies that help with getting really precise grading, right? When you're when you're doing um, a construction project, an earth moving project, and so that you're optimizing, you know, really the the passes and the input. So we've got that. We've also got work that we're doing on thinking about the efficiencies of our machines, as well as sort of alternative power solutions for our equipment for customers that are needing other solutions. And whether that might be alternative fuels in some cases, that might be integrating more hybrid technology in others. Um, in our smaller compact equipment, that might be electrification, right? There's a We think there's going to be a multitude of solutions across the variety of, of pieces of equipment that we make. If you move into the ag side of the business, we see, for example, our high-value crop growers. They have customers that they serve that are um, setting sustainability standards for how they, they want um, crops grown and, and and they want uh, our producers to be able to demonstrate this, the sustainable practices or technologies that they're using. So they're looking to deer not only for the the equipment, not only for the technology out in the field, but also, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that John Deere Operations Center, that that source of truth to document and be able to show, hey, this is exactly how I raised this entire crop, and and they can prove that out at the end of the day. So it really depends on. The, the customer base, what they're seeing from the markets that they serve. We've got early days, I think I mentioned earlier, where we're seeing a lot of evolution in the biofuels markets. And, you know, a lot of the biofuels producers are starting to think about, um, you know, what what might make sense for being able to get lower carbon intensity crops that come in as feedstocks for biofuels production. So that's really interesting for some of our large row crop producers. So a lot of conversations happening where deers, equipment, technology, and data platform are are really meaningful to that conversation, the future of sustainability in agriculture. You highlighted a refreshing point. We see you're taking a multitude approach to the, the fuels, the engines where it might be hybrid or it might be battery or it might be traditional diesel. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I tell you what, if there was one, one, you know, solution, it would probably make the journey easier. But I think the most important thing for us is that as, as the world is, is looking at just transportation in general and looking at, um, you know, there's a lot of, I'll say, countries even at, at, at that level around the world setting goals on decarbonization. It, you know, what's really important to us, though, is that we are, are serving solutions to our customers that make sense for them in their businesses. And given the size and the types of jobs that our equipment has to do, and really importantly for our customers, where those jobs have to be done, which is a lot of times out in very rural, remote areas, you know, we see internal combustion engines being a part of uh, those pieces of equipment for for 
a, a long time at this point. Now, what we do see, though, is the really interesting opportunity around those internal combustion engines being powered off of other types of fuels, namely biofuels. And so whether that's ethanol, renewable diesel, biodiesel blends, uh, we, we think those are really promising in the near term. They can deliver greenhouse gas emission reductions. And, and so, you know, working on research and development on that side of things. Maybe more importantly, though, and I think really exciting to me is that besides those being fuels that can power the equipment, our, our growers, our producers grow those feedstocks. They grow the corn and the sugar, in the case of Brazil, going into the ethanol. They grow the, the soybeans and the oil seeds going into renewable diesel and biodiesel. And so that's a really interesting business and market opportunity supporting our customers as well. So as we think about biofuels, um, not only is it technologically a solution that we think in the near term makes a ton of sense, and you know, as you look at decarbonization levers that we can pull, but it's it's a really big opportunity for our customers to be part of this uh, solution. Your answer is honest and refreshing. Honest <laughs> and refreshing because it's not a one size fits all solution. No. Your customers have needs and some operate in very rural areas and some operate in dense urban environments. Some operate for long periods of time where the contract states they can't have downtime and they're dependent on that the, the deer keeps keeps running. And that's why you have the tagline, nothing runs like a deer because it will keep doing into and their job. Is one of the key pillars of deer success with sustainability doing more with less? As I mentioned, the, the uptime of your equipment it does what it's supposed to do. It does what it's advertised, but that farmer or, or, or that individual or contractor or robuller can do more with less. Absolutely. I mean, that's really the the core. If you think about almost everything we're working on, it is doing more with less is essentially what, what we're trying to achieve. So even going back to our foundational technology of AutoTrack, right? So AutoTrack is the technology that allows our agricultural equipment to really auto steer across the field. So for a couple of decades now, our, our growers that are out there in the field driving a tractor or a combine haven't actually had to steer the machine themselves. It, it, it follows a, you know, GPS guided path. And, you know, that was sort of the start of this do more with less. And, and it's, it's, some of it's really incremental, right? So when you do that, when you you have GPS guidance, you're taking a more optimal path, right? And, and you're, you're more efficiently going through the field because it's all of a sudden more precise than what you would have with human error. So going all the way back to auto track, you see efficiencies from that. And every technology that we have layered on since then has an additive benefit of doing more with less, right? So whether it's more precisely applying a nutrient or a herbicide out in the field that's doing more, getting a better, or even sometimes it's just maintaining the same outcome. Sometimes it's a better outcome with less inputs, with less time, less passes. So that's really critical to pretty much everything we're, we're working to unlock for our customers. Will the 8R tractor accelerate that? The autonomous solution that um, that we announced at, at CES last year, one of the biggest challenges that our customers have is finding labor and particularly skilled labor. So if you think about the jobs that our customers are doing, 
almost always they are under a time constraint, right? So whether you're growing crops and you're dealing with the different weather patterns, whether you're a, a contractor working on a job site, usually there's time pressure. And if, if you have the challenge of not being able to find labor or labor that can jump in that machine and operate it in a way that can help deliver the, the optimal outcomes, that's a huge challenge. And so autonomy for us is really about unlocking that challenge for our growers so that that job can get done in the optimal window for them. And so that that is, you know, I'll say has a multitude of benefits, right? That may mean that our customer gets to spend time doing something else, right? Whether that's, you know, from a personal perspective, they're spending time with their family or, hey, they're doing a different job that needs to get done at the same time. But if they've got the autonomous solution, you can do two things at once, right? Also, if you're getting the job done at the optimal time, that can can have um, sustainability benefits um, so that you you can do what needs to be done. The right amount is done in the field at the right time. So really exciting technology there. I think, you know, a lot of the focus on autonomy is on road um, and people are usually surprised to hear that we've already got it and it's working uh, in agriculture out in the field. So. It's creating value. I'm going to put my John Mellencamp, Dave Matthews, Willie Nelson hat on here and give you a farm aid pitch. You're going to allow the family to keep the family farm because Bank of America has publishing a lot of research lately about the labor light economy and the labor shortage. And one of the big highlights has been in, in agriculture. And if that family can deploy an autonomous ADAR tractor, they can keep their farm. And that is a wonderful thing. I mean, it's a societal, not a sustainable benefit. It's a societal benefit. It's going to have a lot of really good impact. And that's, you don't get enough credit for that, but that's what you're enabling with all this 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 new technology, and it's really good. And you should be the whole company, dear, should be proud of themselves. When you look at a product in your in your sustainability, uh, let's put your sustainability hat on here for a moment. Do you look at the full life cycle of that product and what it can eventually look like if you want to go into the circular economy? We do actually. So part of our leap ambitions uh, looks at, at really every piece of that life cycle. So we're looking at what is the content going in, looking at, you know, where we can leverage more recycled content. So that's one of the benefits, you know, the the biggest component of our machines is steel, probably no surprise. We build big, heavy machines. So steel is a big component of that. And, uh, you know, the steel industry is is actually quite mature on their journey of using uh, more recycled content and also thinking about uh, reducing the emissions and producing the steel. So we're, we're we're working a lot with our supply chain on how we can source and, and incorporate more sustainable materials and particularly steel in our equipment. Then during the life of, of our equipment, we're, we have different solutions to optimize that machine, allow our growers and, and uh, contractors to access the latest and greatest technology during the life of that machine. So I talked earlier about our lifecycle solutions business or our retrofit business. And that's where, uh, you know, we talked about CN spray earlier. There's one option you can get CN spray on a brand new sprayer coming out of the factory, but there's now another option for CN spray where you can get that technology put on an existing machine out in the field. So now all of a sudden that machine is operating more sustainably. And that we think that's really important as we think about, you know, kind of delivering the outcomes. How do we make sure we can get that across more machines faster, right? And have more customers access that. So that's another piece. 
Then we have a lot of work that we're doing on remanufacturing and relife programs. So that actually is extending the life of the machine. So instead of having to put a whole new transmission in or a whole brand new um, engine component in, we have remanufactured options. We also take machines that might be getting near the end of their life and our dealers are actually active in this program and they relife it and almost um, in some cases can double the life of that machine. And then once you do finally get to the end of life, then uh, you know our goal, we have goals around maximizing the recyclable content in there. Another positive of the fact that we have a lot of steel in our machines is thinking about, hey, there's a lot of recycled content going in. Uh, a lot of that content can be recycled today. We're, you know, in excess of 90% of our machines can be recycled today. So still got work to do to move that needle, but we're, we're already sitting in a pretty good place. 90% of machines that can be recycled, that's the, you're, you're at the top of the ninth of a, in a nine inning baseball game. You're, you're that close to achieving a hundred percent. And I have a sneaking suspicion the way that the history of Deer's innovation, you're probably going to achieve that 100% at some point. Jill, in your opinion, what is the future of Deer as it relates to sustainability? I think Deer will continue to lead in innovation. We've done that now for decades, and we have always led from the perspective of I mentioned it earlier, starting with our customer, starting with what the customer needs and 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 really thinking about, okay, what's the solution that equips them for, you know, I, I would say one interesting thing with sustainability is thinking about what, what equips them to have their best outcomes today. And then with sustainability, we have to start thinking about, okay, where are the investments that need to be made to equip them the best for the future, whether that's a couple years from now, or even starting to think, what does the future 10 years from now look like? And so, you know, I, I have tons of confidence that Deer will continue to lead in technology innovation and in delivering better solutions and thinking about how sustainability, sustainability fits into our customers' businesses and, and helps them differentiate and helps them, you know, achieve better outcomes. So I, I think there's an exciting path ahead. Is it challenging? Absolutely. And th but that's, you know, part of what makes it fun to come to work and, and do what we do every day, because these are really big, hard challenges that we're trying to solve. But in the end, when we can do that for our customers and make their lives a little bit easier, that's, that's really rewarding. So... It's a wonderful thing what you and the team and your dear are doing, not just for sustainability, but across the entire society. As we look to wrap up this insightful conversation, what would you like our listeners to take away with them today? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, just uh, don't end, underestimate how advanced agriculture, construction, and road building are. I, I think a lot of times when people think about technology and they think about uh, the most adva advanced technologies today, just because a lot of a lot of our population today is in urban environments, they don't have a lot of exposure to it, particularly to agriculture. And I think spend some time really understanding how powerful technology is in agriculture and how that technology and innovation is unlocking potential for sustainability. That to me is is something that I think is is super exciting. It what it's what gets me up every day going to work and I think the more that people understand that, the more that people understand the potential for uh for agriculture and our varied customer base to have an impact here, I, I think the better off we all are. So, agriculture is a fascinating industry. It's it's a growing industry and it's a it's a vital cog in the global economy. Today is tomorrow, tomorrow is today. The future is deer. 
Jill, thank you so much for coming on SAE Tomorrow Today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. Be sure to join us next week as we speak with Edison Manufacturing's Brandon Bartnick about the role of contract manufacturing in the AV marketplace. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.